Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, good morning. This, uh, this episode today is brought to you by the word leverage. Right, Mark? That's right. We got a guest host here today. His name is uh, Mark Young. He is, um, he's out of Ohio, which is a place where, believe it or not, they actually have houses and people buy and sell them. And Mark sells a lot of them. Um, so you are, do you describe yourself as the Akron, Ohio area, the Cleveland area? How, for people from other areas, how do they describe you? Uh, so I would, I'm from the Akron area and, um, un, unless you're relocating in the area and you want to move to Cleveland, then I'm also from the Cleveland area. <laughs> cool. So, so the topic we're talking about today is timing for hiring and how it pays for itself. But th this, I, I told Mark before we started, I want to make a little clip out of this beginning and we're going to put it onto some of this that the Mark talks about this in my mind. It's like Sesame street. I'm obsessed with the word leverage truly Mark. And so I just want to spell it out. Right. And we're going to make a clip out of this. So um, in terms of leverage, right. Just like Sesame Street, leverage L E V E R A G G E. All right. You, you said now ready. You, you, you want to point your finger. You want, you can be in the clip. You, you do it. You spell it. Which, which side? That side's perfect. Okay. L E V E R A G E. Leverage. Okay. This comes up in masterminds so many times. Patty gave us a thumbs up. Anyone else who's here, if you want to turn your camera on, be with us. Mark knows he's talking to a live audience, but like Mark is someone who has embraced this concept of leverage and we're just starting at the top, right? Timing for hiring. When do you hire? Who do you hire? What do you do? I mean, Mark, tell us just a little background so people know your, your frame of reference, how long you've been in real estate, roughly how many homes you guys sell a year. What's your, what's your structure like? Yeah. So um, I've been licensed for almost 15 years. Um, and I'm the team leader and, um, we, uh, sell about 140 to 160 homes a year. Um, and yeah, so August of this year will be, uh, will, will be 15 years for me. Good. That's awesome, dude. And so he, I mean, Mark and I have, we're, we're business partners through our brokerage, right? And we're through, through EXP. And so we know each other, getting to know each other pretty well at this point. And he is someone that over his career has definitely done some things right and made some mistakes, which is good because we all get to benefit from learning from those mistakes. So, but he sells a good amount of houses. Um, when you're talking, when you're thinking about this topic of timing for hiring, like, did you immediately out of the gate where like, I need to leverage, I need to hire people, or was it kind of a journey for you in your career? Uh, it was, I would say it was halfway in between. So I didn't know that I needed to leverage until I felt like I was completely strapped. And then, um, the idea of hiring somebody seemed so out there, like you had to be so important or wealthy or something to like have somebody work for you. And so um, it was a little bit of both. It, it didn't, I made the decision to, to fix my problem ex, um, extremely quick. Okay. And, and when you say you made this, the decision to fix your problem quickly, I mean, this is something I hear a lot of agents struggle with. You were like pushed to the limits of what you could do as a single human being before you started hiring people. It sounds like, correct? Yes, correct. And then, so how did you fix it quickly when you said you, when you said you fixed it quick? So I talked to um, a mentor of mine who was, in, who uh, has at that uh, time had been in the business for about 30 years. And I got halfway through explaining my uh, issue, which is I was completely strapped. I, I couldn't make one more phone call without sacrificing something else in life. And he said, okay, well, you're, you're late. You need to hire somebody and you probably should have hired somebody about six months ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> How'd that feel when he said that to you? Uh, sort of offensive, but also like there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Like he knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. And if you don't have a mentor like that in your life, guys, by the way, go find someone like someone who's walked this path. I mean, if you reach out to Mark later, ask him questions, especially like, I mean, he's a friendly dude. Um, anyway, I just think that's such, such a good takeaway. All right. So your mentor says, go hire someone. Did you know what to do? Who did, and what, who did you hire? So, uh, I, I know I did not know what to do. He said, um, all right, uh, find somebody that's in the business that you, that, you know, and I was like, well, okay. Um, I got licensed when I was 23, 24. And so this was about two and a half or three years into it. So I was like 26, 27 and the people, and, and that was during the recession. And so the people that I knew uh, either weren't in the business uh, because uh, you were, you know, uh, completely um, it, I'll say moronic because I was one who got my license right when the, right when the recession hit, uh, or, um, I knew people that were older that were successful in the business. So, uh, I got on Facebook, I put a message out there and just said, I don't know where to start, but I'm looking for some part-time help. Um, and somebody that I actually went to middle school with had their license at, um, a company in a neighboring County. And they reached out and just said, uh, I don't know what this looks like. I'm interested. Let's have a chat. And did you say, I don't know what this looks like either? I, yeah, I said, well, that makes two of us. So let's try to figure, figure this thing out. So, <laughs> so, so, so we're talking, and by the way, if, if you guys are listening to this, we will get to like his ter- current team selling, you know, 150 houses and how his current leverage is structured. But I want to take you on the journey from the beginning. So, so when you get this first person, did you, how did you figure out what tasks they were going to do? Was it sales tasks, back office? Did you even know like, where, where did you start with that? So uh, I had a little bit of a life hack there because I went back to the mentor and I said, hey, listen, I I, uh, I posted on uh, Facebook. I'm going to meet with this person. They've been um, a realtor for about a year, um, single mom looking for work. What should I have her do? And he said, great, um, take a notepad and uh, take a piece of paper, strike it down the middle on the left side, all the things that you love to do in the business, on the right side, all, all, all the things that you hate to do in the business and that you're not good at. And that's her description. And I said, well, what if she's not good at those either? And he said, well, you can't handle them. So you might as well start somewhere. (laughs) I love this mentor. Like not like go find someone different, like like, work with what you got, just run with it. Yep. That's awesome. And by the way, guys, the, a very official tool that he is describing is I keep one on my desk. It's that's That's exactly it. Right. It's a yellow pad of paper. And if you don't have a list, like Mark's pretty, Mark's pretty analytical and just, you keep a lot in your head. I think that for some people, the other way that they do this is, is called like a time study. Every 30 minutes or every hour, you're writing down what you've done for the last hour. And then you're categorizing it in one of those two categories. But for you, you probably didn't need to do a time study. You knew exactly what your pain points were and what was working, correct? Yeah. I mean, it took me less than an hour to write down everything that I, if I never had to do again in the industry and, um, knowing, knowing not only what I didn't like to do, but stuff that maybe I enjoyed doing, but I knew that it was getting in the way of, I'll call it my, uh, green time, you know, actually making money. Um, uh, at that time we, we, I don't even know if we had like DocuSign or dot loop or anything, but I mean, to go take a contract and, uh, after you meet with the client and scan it in there and make a copy for the office like that, that was stuff that had to happen. But I knew that I was spending time doing that and that was getting in the way of my prospecting. Guys, write that down. Get obsessed with leverage. We're still talking leverage. I've sold hundreds and hundreds of houses and I've barely done any contracts. I know how to read a contract. I can read it start to finish. I can explain it flawlessly to a client. I understand it. I can review it, but I do not write contracts. Neither does Mark. Correct, Mark? That is correct. Do you like writing contracts? 
Uh, no, as a matter of fact, when I uh, changed uh, brokerages, uh, which I was very excited about, I the contract was in front of me. And honestly, I was annoyed that I had to like read it because I'm like, crap, this is a whole new thing. And But so, no, I do not like writing. Okay. You can sell hundreds of houses without liking contracts, guys. In fact, you're probably, if you're going to sell hundreds of houses, my guess is you're wired to not really like contracts. It's just a guess. It's the real rare realtor that sells a lot of houses that also really likes paperwork. Okay. So have you heard this expression, Mark, double down on your strengths and then play to your, like surround, your, surround yourself with people to, to support your weaknesses. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yep. Tell, is it, Cause that sounds like that's what you did. Is that really, really what you did? Initially? Yeah. Yeah. It's there's the, the reality is you have, so this uh, uh, mentor also had a conversation with me about basketball and he said, look um, in basketball, you could be an amazing point guard and you could score a lot of points. If you cannot guard on the other end, you're never going to make the all-star team because you're only going to be focusing on great. You can score 30, 40, 50 points a game, but if the guys coming down the court and they can score on you every single time, you're probably not going to have a long lasting career. So work. So how do you work on the, on the weakness? And obviously it's not an apples to apples analogy, but the reality is, is that, yeah, we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. And I, and I think we all can always work on our strengths the, the hole that I have seen that I saw with myself as well as, you know, other agents throughout my career is, has been acknowledging your weakness and making sure that you uh, fix it um, in a way that you have somebody who that's their strength. I, I love that. I, I mean, this is to use sports psychology. I mean, I, I think you read a lot of sports psychology too. They always say in doubling down on your strengths, like improving your strengths makes far more difference in your performance than trying to improve your weaknesses. The amount of time, I mean, the amount of time it would take to make your weaknesses better versus just doing more of what you're already good at produces a lot better results in most athletes and the same thing in, in real estate and sales. And you, well, can yeah, because whether it's, whether it's in our job, which is more of a, you know, which is more mental than a physical thing, if we're comparing it to sports, but the reality is, is that we're all wired a certain way, whether it's psychologically, uh, physically. And so if, if you're, playing sports and you are wired a certain way, your DNA is a certain way, you have a certain strength to work on, to try to improve your weakness that you weren't actually like, you know, born with um, is, is going to be way harder than to actually focus on your, on your strengths. And so, in, and so in our, in our job, you can literally just like we talked about, have a list and say, here's the stuff that I like, here's the stuff that I don't like. And then here's the stuff that I maybe enjoy, but it's, but I know it's getting, I know it's getting in the way. Yeah. And, and I want to get to your current team structure, but first one last piece here is you're kind of starting out this leverage play. Um, one of the most common mistakes or complaints I hear from people when they're it, it, first, they have trouble even letting go enough to hire someone or to delegate. Once they finally cross that hurdle, they're just like, I was always crappy at this thing. And now give it to someone else. And like, then it falls apart. They're like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Did you ever have experienced that? Or how, how do you deal with that? I was just going to ask you to bring it up and you did. So the, so one of the things I'll talk about me and then I'll talk about my feeling with other, with other agents um, who are struggling with this. So the first thing is I, I was very, I was very arrogant in the sense that I thought, well, I'm, I'm good at my job. So therefore I must be good at everything in my job. And the reality is that's not true. The other piece is that, um, and this is kind of getting in the weeds, but it's what we're talking about is that from a client standpoint, we, they don't care if you're involved in every single aspect. So at the end of the day, you're not that good and you're not that important. That's what I had. That's what I had to learn. What, what you would need to be good at is the role that is going to help you sell as much houses and get as much referrals as you can make your clients happy. Right. But 
But ultimately, they don't care if you write the contract. They don't care if you show the house. They want to know that you care and that you're involved in some capacity. And so when you're working on trying to um, fix your problem of being strapped for time and so forth, you have to get out of your own way. Sorry, I can't talk while I'm on mute. I'm just, I'm taking notes while you're talking because this is like, this is step-by-step. Step. I have this conversation over and over again with agents trying to figure out this piece of how do you begin the leverage journey? All right, so let's let's assume you move past that because I want to give some stuff for people who have already like, they got a team, they already have some hires because you're, you're, you're obviously beyond that initial phase. How are you structured now? And how does leverage, like how does the hiring, you know, pay for itself when you get into this, this larger volume? Yeah, so- a couple things. Number one, from uh, we'll start kind of at I'll call the the ground floor of hiring, which is that assistant, right? So whether they're licensed or not, um, from a structure that I have now, I have an assistant, and and um, what the assistant when you hire that assistant, what what you'll see is that you'll you can always count the commissions that you cashed. You can never go back and find out what business you lost because you were strapped and didn't have help, right? So that's the number. I think if we all have a really good year where it's easy to look at our 1099 and go, wow, look at how much money I made. I think what would make us really sick is to see how much money we didn't make because we weren't structured properly. So I'm always, I'm never fearful of like the next deal. I'm, I'm fearful of what am I losing because I don't have a structure right. Um, so, um, so there would be an assistant. Um, and you can use whatever title there. Basically, that individual is there to help you to run both your business and your and your life. Um, in your and then, so I have that. Um, I have um, like a bookkeeper, business operations manager that will track all of our revenue, all of our expenses, um, kind of the like day to day operations as far as uh, how the office runs. Um, the agents would report to them, not from a boss standpoint, but just to kind of like uh, check in regarding their sales figures and that kind of stuff. Um, I have a full-time showing agent. So um, for me and the team, this particular agent will help to show houses whenever, whenever we, whenever we need them. Um, but for me specifically, I don't, unless it's a friend of mine, like, you know, Jesse, if you flew in town and you said, I want to buy a house in Cleveland, like I, I'd, I'd probably meet you a few times to show you the house in Cleveland. But if I get, if I get a Zillow lead, like I'm not showing that house. So I'll go through the prequel. I'll make sure that they're legitimate. Um, I might do a buyer consult at the office um, at a time that works for, for me. Um, and then the showing agent's job is to go out there um, and show them houses until they raise their hand and say that they'd like to make an offer. And, 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 do you, and I've had a, a lot of team leaders that have various versions of this where some of them will pass it off, you know, the, the, the lead off earlier. Some will pass it off after, like you said, doing a consultation. Um, at what point do you typically pass it off? And more importantly, um, how do you handle that with a client? Do you address the fact that like, you ain't never going to see me again until closing. Yep. And that's a good thing. Like, how, how do you address yes. that? Yeah. So I'm not, um, I joke around, I told my mom and my dad, like I was born without any skills, right? So I can sell real estate, but I'm not super talented at anything else. I can't sing or dance. I'm not really good at sports. I can play golf a little bit, but that's about it. So, but one of my super, I think if I had to name a superpower, it would be like, I'm really good at reading people. So this is so for me specifically what happens is when i'm getting a lead whether it's a referral it's cold um it's uh you know a friend whatever i'm able to very quickly read like what their for the most part what their intentions are in terms of what they're what they're looking for whether it's to list or to, whether it's to list or to buy 
Um, most of the delegation for, for me and my team comes on the buy side because um, I, I want to be involved uh, more on the listing side and we can get into that if you like. But from the buy side, you know, passing it, passing it off. Yes. The I said earlier about the uh, consult. I wanted I would rather spend an hour with them, with them up front, laying the expectations and letting them know what everybody's role in the process is. And it's I've, I've had that structure for now six or seven years. I've never had a complaint ever that I've not been involved, that they haven't heard from me because I set the foundation up front. It's all about setting expectations, I feel like. Yes. Um, and tell me more. I mean, this is obviously one of the most common things you hear is the buy side is the one you pass off. You like to be involved listing side, but you do have so much leverage. Why stay as involved on the listing side too? Did you, what is it for you? Yep. So, cause I, so for me and my age, um, this is a specific answer for me uh, is my age. I'm 38. I'm, I'm kind of in that, like my sphere is in that move up maybe a second time again, like round. And so I want to be, I, so from now until probably I'm 45 or so, I, I want to have as much uh, face time on the listing side as I, as I can. Once I cross that threshold um, in that, you know, probably mid mid forties for me, as far as my, my, my sphere goes, I'll probably start to pass it off from a, from an, not administrative side, but you know, Hey, here's our listing specialist. They're, they're going to be the ones who work with you on X, Y, and Z, but that's for warm sphere. For me, if it's cold and if it's above a certain price point, I'm going to go after it. If it's below a certain price point and it's cold, I'm going to probably pass it off to somebody on the team. That makes sense, guys. He has like, I don't think you actually wrote down these rules, but over time, I know the way your mind works. You've started to kind of figure out a waterfall, a hierarchy, how to do it, where to, where it falls. And every team leader is going to come up with their own guide of what works and how involved they want to be and what they want their life to look like. It's probably, it sounds like an evolving, it's a moving target. It evolves yeah. over the time, depending on the phase you are in your career. And I mean, a lot of team leaders, their goal is I want to get out of production. I want to get out of production. Do, do you, do you like being, do you like selling houses? Do you want to get out? Like, do you have a dream in terms of leverage where you're going or what's it for you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, so my dream to use that word would be in to, to stay in production to the extent that I'm able to do business with people that I want to do business with. And, and if I had to distill that down, it would be to my friends, my family, my past clients, um, and probably not all, all of them, but you know, the ones that I want to work with and, and then to have a really great team around me that I can just pass everything else off to. Yeah. And, and that's that leverage piece guys we're talking about, about in terms of hiring and is everyone you hire, are they all salaried Are some of them, and you don't have to go into specific numbers, but do you have a mix of both salaried commission-based? How do you, how do you sp split that up? Yeah. So aside from the, so the, the people that I described, the assistant, the ops manager, and in that assistant role, they would probably be a TC as well. Um, and you can obviously mix, mix and match. It depends on who you have and who you hire and what the, and what the fit is. So for me, my staff people, um, other than the showing agent are salaried with a, maybe a mixed bag of a bonus in there, depending on their role. So like the TC would have a per deal on top of the salary um, closing. Uh, and then the showing agent is hourly. Um, and that's from the time that she leaves wherever she's at to go show houses until the time that she's back to where she, wherever she was. So it's just, she has a little uh, app that she uses. And as soon as she gets in her car, she clocks it. And then when the showing's done and she's back in the area that she started, then she, you know, uh, will uh, clock out. And that same showing agent would go to help for inspections, appraisals, and that kind of stuff. 
Interesting. Okay. So, cause that's why I was curious about the showing assistant. So you're literally just paying straight up hourly clock in clock out. Yep. Do you, do you guarantee a certain amount of hours per week or is it part-time flexible? Does it kind of go up and down? How does it's, that it's work? Part, it's part-time. So I say, I say that she's full-time and she's full-time in the sense that she's extremely flexible. So it's not full-time pay. And that's, that was what, she, what I needed initially. And that's what she wanted. And it's worked for now five years. Wow. So, so, I mean, how did you, obviously it's about finding the right people and the right fit, but I think that's one of those things that when we talk about showing assistants or showing agents that um, some agents have hesitation to is like, I don't have enough business. I don't want to commit to another full-time salary. So you found someone flexible that worked for your cash flow at the time and it still works today, even as you scaled up and got busier. Yes. How'd you find that person? Well, this is going to be a cheat code. So that's actually my mom. Okay. So, so the life hack is hire Mark's mom. Hire no, that's my not mom. the Chica. The right, Chica right, is, yeah. I've worked with my mom for 18 years too, by the way. So, so that's yeah. the, no, what, no. Okay. But truly family members, friends, people who are flexible, yeah. right? Like what was your mom doing before you hired her? So she's, so it, she's not the reason that I got into real estate, but my mom uh, has been a realtor for almost 27, 28 years and she wasn't working. So she sent her license back to escrow. I, I, I felt a pain point and uh, a need level. I called her and I said, listen, I, I like this summer is going to be crazy and I need some help. Are you, um, you know, I'll pay for everything to get you know, active. And she said, okay, fine. And so that was meant to be for the summer as part-time help and uh, fast forward five, six years. And, She's still doing it. I mean, it probably, I mean, we could get your mom on the show too sometime and interview her. It'd be fun. We could have all of my mom. You have your mom. We'll have a mom's episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but my guess is it, it probably, she loves helping you out because oh, she yeah. loves supporting you. It gives her something to do, keeps her active and busy. And the, the money's probably a bonus is my guess. She's not doing it just for the money, correct? She's not doing it just for the money. Um, but I will say it's, and, and I have this with another staff member of mine. So it's not just my mom in terms of having, having it, you know, click and be a great fit, but my mom knows what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. And she completely props my weaknesses up. She will delegate like, you know, back to me, to me. So they'll be in the house. They'll have a question about X, Y, and Z. Hang on one second. That's a question for Mark. So she'll get me on the, on the phone, on a speaker and I'm walking them through it. So it's really a tag team relationship. Interesting. I never thought about that, but we do the same thing in our team too, which is, um, so my mother is, she describes herself as not being a salesperson. Is your mom a salesperson or not really? She would, she would probably be humble and say she's not a salesperson, even though she knows how to sell real estate in her job. She would say, I just like to show them the houses and I like to show them the basement and all the you know bells and whistles, make sure that they're you know buying a great house. But the reality is she'll show seven or eight houses. I won't know what's happening. I'll get a phone call that they want to write a contract on it. And it's like, well, that doesn't happen unless you can sell. Well, of course. And so she's, she's coming from a consultative standpoint, but my guess is if she bumps into like a hard objection or something where she's like that, that's where you come in and kind of finesse yep. through that. Correct. Yes, correct. Yes. Correct. Same thing we do. Interesting. Right, we got a few people on here nodding their heads. If you guys have questions, we got about five minutes. If you guys got something you want to ask Mark, otherwise I'm going to keep firing questions at him. Has anyone got something you want to ask about this as you're scaling? No. Okay. And, oh, and, Sarah, Sarah, I thought Sarah was going, all right, go for it, Sarah. I thought you were going for the mute button. No. Uh, yes. I was going for the mute button to unmute. Okay. So I'm wondering, you said you pay the listing agent, um, hourly to, to go there and do you pay anything per door or anything like that? Or is it just hourly? So the, uh, you're talking about the, uh, showing agent. Showings. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Showing. Yep. Yeah, no, I pay. So, uh, I pay hourly and it's a, and it's, it would, it's a, 
Um, it's not a mom rate, meaning it's actually a really, really good rate for her, but it's, she has her license. It works. Um, she's flexible. So I pay her a really good hourly rate. Okay. Can you give us a range? I'm just curious because I'm trying yeah, to so in our So in our market, it would be anywhere, depending on, on who it is and what they're doing, anywhere from 25 to 35 bucks an hour. Okay, cool. All right. That's good. Very helpful. Thank you. Sure. And, and you can equate that to a per, like some people do per door. There's probably a, an equation between hourly versus per door. And that's going to be based on the psychology of whoever you've hired, whatever they Correct. feel more comfortable with or the team leader, whatever makes more sense to you. Right. Yep. They're going to work out to be roughly the same if you set it up correctly. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of it is the psychology of not necessarily what you want to get out of the deal, but, but what works for, you know, both you and the, and the showing agent, because I find, so for instance, um, in our community, it would be easy to, to, to show uh, six houses in a couple hours because it would be close, but also she could drive from Akron to Cleveland, which is an hour or, you know, 45 minutes to show one, one house. Well, then the per door does. So it just, it just depends on where you're at and how the, you know, what's going to be uh, beneficial. And without going too deep into math, I mean, because this is where price points make a big difference. Have you calculated what percentage, like depending on how many houses she typically has to show, how many yeah. hours it takes, what percentage does that work out to be roughly, do you think of your commission um, if you were putting into a percentage term? So uh, so it, I, I'll give you a real math. So let's say that the average, let's say that a commission check is $4,500 for the, on the, on the, on, on the gross side. Um, it might it, I might pay her 150 to 200 bucks. And that would be, let's say this, you know, I don't know what the, you know, the average is probably seven to 10 houses. Yeah. It, so, so about four and a half percent. Yep. And, and that's why guys, because some people pay based on a percentage. You got to think about who you're hiring. Do they want the security of the guaranteed salary, regardless of whether it sells? Are you trying to incentivize them to help sell the house because he's paying hourly? She's not putting pressure on them to buy a house. She's literally trying to create this amazing experience. They end up, she helps on the sales process too, but like you really want to think through what you're, what you're incentivizing. I, I love how you structured it, Mark. Thanks. Well, you can also thank, or I can thank Will for that as well. So, so, so Will, Will is Will Penny, by the way, guys, who is how I know Marcus through Will Penny, who was on the show a few weeks ago talking about social orchard and generating referrals um, through his past clients and sphere. So anyway, so that's, that's how Mark and I know each other is through Will, um, another business partner of ours at, at EXP. All right. Um, we got three minutes, Mark. I, this is an awesome topic. Like, I think we could have you on here again and again, go deeper into leverage, maybe interview some of your other friends that, you know, employ leverage. This could be kind of a theme what have we not said? What do you want to leave people with that kind of tie it together? Um, so I think two things, uh, number, number one, and in no, in no order would be, um, also, so aside from the staff, I've got three full-time agents that, um, and, and they, and so they're able to let, so as a, uh, as a, as an attraction tool and retention tool, they're, they're able to utilize uh, the staff on my dime. So for the most part, they're not going to pay for anything. I mean, I obviously make up that a bit in commission splits and stuff like that from the team that helps me to run the business. But if they need my mom to go show a house, that's on me to pay her, not, not them. Um, and it's a huge win. It's a huge win, win, win. So, um, as far as leads that I get as well, um, I'm going to, for the most part, I'm passing it off to to the team, I generally um, only want to work listings. Um, so I would say that from a hiring standpoint, you would want to have an assistant. You will want to maybe then look at getting like a buyer's agent. 
And then honestly, from there, it's just a matter of how many units you're doing, how, you know, how busy you are uh, on, if you need a TC, an operations manager, hiring another agent on your team and that kind of stuff. Um, so that would be, and I'm, I'm happy to hop back on here, by the way, anytime, Jesse, I love talking about this as far as like how to grow the team. But then I would say the most important thing is get out of your own way. You are not that good at everything. Please, you don't know what you're leaving on the table. Um, and, and you're doing your client a disservice. If you go to a steakhouse, the chef is not coming out and taking your order, right? Like you want to have the best experience that you can. So there's going to be someone who's going to take your coat. There's going to be someone that's going to walk you to your seat. There's going to be someone that, you know, brings the bread and butter, like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's all for the experience. It's because the chef isn't going to take your order. Chef's going to prepare your food. And so what is our role? Our role is to create Number one, I think the best experience for them side by side with helping them accomplish what they want. And if you're not getting out of your own way, I think you're doing not only yourself a disservice, but certainly the client. I, I love that, Mark. And I love that chef visual. I've heard it before done with like a doctor's office, but I, now I'm picturing the chef walking in and like, like, it'd be really, it'd be really weird to walk in and have the chef seat you at your table. You would think that there was order. something wrong. <laughs> yeah. I would not eat at that place at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for being here, guys. If you have questions for Mark, when we post this in the Agent Power Huddle Facebook group, we'll tag Mark in there, hit him up, send him a DM. I mean, truly, he loves, like Mark and I are real estate nerds. I hope you don't mind me saying that, Mark, but like- No, I am. And don't be shy, for real. If anybody has any questions, don't 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 hesitate to uh, reach out. Yeah, this is awesome. This was right, really we, great. Thank you. We, we will see you tomorrow. We got Amy Izzo doing Spilling the Tea with Amy. No SOI, no problem. She got a new agent, Becky Wright, who I went from an, a new agent in a new market to 5.5 million uh, in a single year. It's pretty cool. Mark, dude, this is rad. See you, see you guys. Awesome. Thanks, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.